This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to a Real Man Wood podcast. This is Chris Liss, your host of Redwire. And I'm joined by my co-host, Yahoo Sports, Dalton Del Don. What's going on, man? How you doing this week? Doing all right. Uh, coming off an actual rare, nice uh, gambling week, uh, we went what five and zero on the super contest for the first time. I actually do another uh, another thing pool in which me and a buddy we split the entry. We do five picks, and it's the first time this year we went five and zero in that one. We didn't even use the same picks as we did in the super contest. So um, yeah, won a teaser. So uh, one DFS, the one pool in which we're together for the second week in a row. As I said, you. You just have my uh, your, my PayPal account just on the ready for you to click submit to send me money. So yeah, not bad. Yep, I'll keep sending those ten dollar PayPal's when I win the Stopa League. I think I'm going to get one a little bit bigger than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not make the playoffs, and that was a disaster. It's amazing I lasted as long as I did. But yeah, good luck. Good luck with that. You, I looked. I believe I have more points on the year than you do, or very close. And you're like the two seed or something absurd. Yeah, it gets even better because I have Gronk as on my team, and I got Ugh. a first round bye, and I'm actually playing Stopa in the team in the Wavos League playoffs that Brad Evans runs. Yeah, I'm in. And that he's got Gronk, so I'm <laughs> I, so basically like I'm avoiding Gronk this week, and also like in the NFFC, like I've got a team that's really good for the playoffs there, and I don't have Gronk on it, so that hurts all the Gronk teams significantly. And it hurts Stopa's team that's playing me. And then in, in the Stopa League, since, as you said, I don't have that many points, I'm not even in the running for overall points. So all this does is make sure that Gronk doesn't get hurt in Week 14, and then I have him for Week 15 totally rested and fresh. Yeah, that's that's absolutely ideal. That's totally perfect. Yeah, um, yeah well, but, congratulations. That's uh, that's good. I'm in the playoffs, too, in the Huevos one. So um, that should be a... Should be fun. We're finally here. Are you ready for the fantasy playoffs? How was your overall regular season? It was really good. I, I had eight teams. I'm not counting the League of Leagues teams since you drafted that piece of shit. We had eight leagues, and I made the playoffs in six. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, especially and, this year. Just because I know everyone says every year is crazy, but this has just been such an ab- absurd season in, in football. And, and let me take it a little further. I was totally down on Larry Fitzgerald, zero shares. Hated Keenan Allen, zero shares of him. Hated Tyreek Hill. Zero shares of him. I had some Terrell Pryor. Uh, I had a lot of Andy Dalton. I had some Andrew Luck, including in the Stopa League. So I'm not really sure why <laughs> I had a good year, because I don't really think I did. One of the leagues that made the playoffs was this free Yahoo League we did as a promotion, and I was auto-picked for four rounds. And my second-round pick on auto-pick was Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I ended up with Michael Crabtree, who I hate. Uh, I had like I had, I Jordan Reed. In the fifth round, which I actually picked, that was finally when I was able to seize control of it, when Shannon was able to log out and let me back in. Yeah, so it's, it's a weird year. I don't know how I did it. Obviously, my virtual defense in Stopa was very good. But, like, in the, in the NFFC, I have actually a really good team. Nice. Yeah, it's the first year I haven't made the Stopa playoffs. It's very frustrating. That's always fun. So much money on, on the line. At least I'm dominating you fools in the DFS version. But not quite the payout uh, you're playing for. So, I would say good luck to you, but I'm hoping that basically well, anyone other than yourself wins. So. Well, I'm kind of an underdog. I've actually been the last couple of weeks, I've scored you know in the top three in points the last two weeks, so that kind of bodes well. But my team's garbage. The only thing I have good on my team is Gronk and Jimmy Graham in a two tight end league, which is right. actually pretty huge, like over, over the replacement value at tight end, getting those two guys every week. So that's the only reason I'm hanging in there. My, my team is really not very good. Yeah, well... well <laughs> 
a lot of people, even teams that made the playoffs, probably feel the same way this year with all the injuries and underperformances. And I've said it's a battle of attrition. So not just make the playoffs, but do so with a bye. And then you have, you know, you have a great chance. So that's that's the way to do it, especially this year. So I, I bet a lot of teams feel like they don't have as good as they typically do entering the playoffs this I season. Know. I bet the overall point total is just way down. I Probably way, way to look at that. You know, I was looking even before our good week in Super Contest, and you realize we've never had one one in four I or know. worse I, week all season. That's actually pretty remarkable. It's pretty crazy. Like, if you said, okay, we just you'll go 5-0 and oh at least once. You'll go 4-1, and one obviously, at least once. And you'll never go worse than 2-3. and three. We'd be like, we're right. winning this year. We're getting some million-dollar... That's a million-dollar season, but fortunately, we went two and three like ten times, five and zero oh and four and one once each. So it didn't hasn't really added up. And I looked, you know, the, the leaders have like forty-five wins, and we have, I think now, what are we? We were one under, and then we're four. We're like thirty-four and thirty with a yeah. push. So we're like eleven games out, and that just means we can't make it because, I mean, I guess we could, we could if we if we went twenty and zero. Oh, and the leader went 9-11, and 11, we would basically tie. But there's, like, a lot of other people, like, at 42 wins, 43 wins. So if any of them just had a good, you know, if we went 20-0, one of them went 13-7, and seven, which they probably will, you know, we wouldn't get there. So it's a million yeah. one at 50-50 to go 20-0, by the way, just so you know. But we, we, we're in the zone. You never know. Maybe we're, we're better than 50-50 now. Yeah, because not only, not only did we go 5-0 and oh last week, but we, we nearly had four underdogs win outright. I mean, we had the Packers. Jets and Seahawks, and then Monday night we had the Bengals, who were you know had that game won as well. So that that we we should deserve we deserve like extra credit for that. And that's not even counting the Niners, who by game time I started loving more and more, and I used them in that other pool. I bet their money line outright. So um, I had a good feel last week, and it actually is one of the rare times that that translated to success. Yeah, maybe we're maybe we're not fifty fifty on these games. Maybe we're ninety ten against the spread. Yeah, not bad. And you had your revelation of the Rams mid-podcast. Which mid-podcast. I, I just realized the shit we were talking about, the Cardinals, was just total bullshit. <laughs> and it was a stupid pick, and I just knew the Rams were going to beat them. And they won by almost exactly the score I said they'd win by. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah, I saw in your column you had picked the opposite, but I, yeah. but I knew you yeah. I should have written a note in the column. It was a little I, – I started realizing when I was writing it up, I'm like, oh, shit. I didn't – I should have at least said that I've changed it. But it just – it's just a tricky business when you publish something and then you change it because somebody could have read it on Wednesday and then I, on Friday or whatever, I go in and change it and like he doesn't look back. Not that he should be like blindly following my picks, but you know it's just a little like it's posted, right. it's posted. Like I don't care if the line changes, I don't care if you know half the team gets in a car crash. It's just it is what it is. You know what I mean? It's just we don't we don't move it once it's posted. It's too there's too many things that can happen. Right. So, so speaking of gambling, you you made a bet through someone uh, through me and, and Twitter. Somehow, did I did you know that guy? Did no, I don't know that guy. No, oh, no. But I, he 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 PayPal'd me. Was, apparently, you told him my information because he's PayPal'd me before you did. Yeah. So actually, started because Rufus Peabody of Massey Peabody, who I actually hung yep. out with a bunch in Lisbon, because he's on this like thing where he spends a month in each city for twelve months on this program. And he came through Lisbon. We hung out. He's a very nice guy. It was cool hanging out with him. We watched the games one of the Sundays. And he's, he's betting way larger sums than we do. But, and it's his job. But um, he just came out with a tweet. He said, well, he has the Chiefs as like 62% to win the West. And the Chargers at like 26. And the Raiders, you know, obviously whatever that was, whatever's left after that. I was like, you know what? I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll do your 30 and it's my 20 and take the Chargers. You get the Chiefs. And I'd be getting three to two, where his odds say it should be more than two to one in favor right. of the Chiefs. And so he didn't respond right away, but this guy, Bill, who must follow both of us, jumped in right away and was like, I'll take that, I'll take it. And then he wanted to do it for more, so I said, okay. So it's his 100 against my 66. Um, he's got the Chiefs, I've got the Chargers. And, you know, Rufus does it very rigorously, mathematically, checking out the tiebreakers and everything else and having that all programmed in. And I get it. And by his system, you know, takes into account their whole season of performance. But I just think that this is one of those instances where the Chargers and Chiefs have departed so much from who they were seven, eight weeks ago that you really don't want to use the full season as the barometer for how good they are. And the Chargers right now, and they'll probably blow it and choke, and I'll look like an idiot saying this, but the Chargers right now are a top seven or eight team in the NFL, top ten for sure. And the Chiefs maybe bottom ten. You know, even though if you add up their aggregate performance over the year, they may be close to even. So I think that, you know, his model takes into account what usually happens, which is that the full body of work is determinative more than 
you know, five games or eight games or six games or some arbitrary number. But I'm saying this is an exception. And for that reason, those numbers are off. And I would like to get Chargers with three to two odds. Right. I guess the one of the reasons the odds are that way is the following week is it's they play each other in Kansas City in prime time. It's like so that's obviously but otherwise their schedule, you know, at home against Washington, home against Oakland and then in the Jets. That's not that crazy difficult. So that and and I mean, who are you going to take Chargers at Arrowhead? You know, straight up. Who are you? Who are you picking? Yeah, um, I would guess that line should be like, yeah, round to pick them. I feel like the Chargers are better, and they should be considered as such. I mean, we'll see what happens this week, right? Things can change, but I would say like Chargers minus two and a half. Oh, even favored? Yeah, okay. All I mean, right, come yeah. on. The Chiefs fucking suck. The Bills went in and beat them. The Jets beat you know beat them. They couldn't play any defense. I, I don't know. No, they can't play any defense. No, you're right. Um, and I, I saw something at least leading up to last week. Something crazy. The Pro Football Focus's edge rusher, they ranked um, the Chargers, uh, the number two, uh, Melvin Gordon, who, I forget the name of the other Melvin one. Ingram. Number one, Melvin yeah, Melvin, yes, sorry, that's what I meant, yes. And number two as well, and uh, Hayward's the number one ranked cover corner. So right. that's like, it's crazy, like both edge rushers are one and two, and then their corner's number one ranked. So, I mean, you're right, they probably will choke and blow it. They're, what's going to happen is they, they will enter the postseason on fire, and everyone's sleeper pick and then they'll just lay a total goose egg round one or whatever. It's, it's probably what will happen. But I'm with you on that. They're clearly a better team than Kansas City right now. Yeah, I, I bet on them at four and a half to one plus 450 to win the division before the season. So I'm rooting for you. Yeah, well, you, I mean, plus 450, everybody likes that. Even, even Rufus's numbers had him at 25. I mean, I was still, you know, that would just be three to one. Right, right. But, um, I, uh, but to, to be clear, what I was leading to earlier, this guy had me broker this this uh, bet on Twitter, so I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, but so no, he, I'm not he just suggested it because I guess he listens to the podcast. So he was like, well, "What if we both send it to DDD?" And then he then he said, "You know, I'm sending mine in. You better send yours soon because Dalton talks about how late you always pay, how late <laughs> you are to pay." I was like, "That dude is just talking shit." No, it's true. He knows I'm trustworthy. I like I like him. He and trusted well. you. Yeah, he trusted you. I would say I'm rooting for him, but like I said, I want the Chargers to uh, to win that division. So, all right, I got nothing else. You got anything? Yeah, Bitcoin. You know what Bitcoin's trading at right now? I do not know the current one, but I, I love. I've been reading up more and more on it. What is it? Thirteen thousand four seventy five. That really, it did jump up. I did not realize that, dude. I mean, this Jeez. is the sickest thing ever. I just cannot believe that Trevor Ray, my former XM producer, when it was at four hundred, was like, "Dude, you got to buy some Bitcoin." I mean. I should have bought 20 of those fuckers. And mm-hmm. I think I got deterred by the whole, like, oh, you got to secure it this way, and you need dual-factor authentication, which is even the smaller part. Getting the sort of offline storage is even, you know, even another issue. But that kind of deterred me, and I just kind of, ah, I won't deal with this now. And then we'd go up to, like, 800, 1,000. He was like, you got to buy some of this. And I finally bought some at 4,300, 4,600. And thank God I did. You know, like, it's this thing. It's like, I was late, but thank God I got it because I'm, you know, this is just insane. Did I tell you last week this guy, Andreas Antonopoulos? The YouTube guy, yeah. Yeah, Andreas Antonopoulos. If you guys want to know more about Bitcoin and see, like, what it's really about, I would Google that guy. That guy's really good. He sounds like a yeah, super that, dork. Yeah, Haral, Bulgaris, I think, uh, writes about or tweets about him as well. You know, that, that guy's really the yeah. big, biggest, like, NBA better. You know, he's on Simmons' podcast. Yep. No, I know who he is. I follow him on he's Twitter. He's a smart guy. He's a smart guy. I think he really likes him, too. Yeah, the guy, he, he's just um, Andreas Antonopoulos. He's just super clear. He sounds like this crazy nerd. And then you realize, like, he's really, he's not, he's like a genius, and he's also kind of personable, too, after you, you get used to his style. And you're like, right. oh, this guy's good. And he, and he just explains things really well and puts the larger picture in context really well. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm totally interested in this, and I, apparently I'm, again, I should have been on this a week ago. I told you. Last week it was like 10000 I know. You would have made 30% on your money. Yeah, I, I, I did not realize it jumped that much, but I know it went, yeah. No, I know. I, I, it's really it's, it's interesting in how, how sure everyone is, too, the people on one side versus the people on the other. It's, uh, that, it, it, you that, could, see, whenever you have something like this, and everybody and all these mainstream people, it's a bubble, it's a bubble. That mm-hmm. means that it's going up this fast despite that drag, despite so many people being panicked by all this mainstream coverage of it being a bubble, it's still going up. So if everybody's like, oh, it's great, it's the greatest store of value in world history, then you think, oh, maybe it's a bubble because everybody's pushing it and the second it bursts, it's going to collapse. But this is not that. This is basically a lot of mainstream coverage being negative and yet it's still going up. And I read this one guy I follow. I don't know the. I can't remember the Twitter handle. It's like Macroscope or something like that. And he 
uh, tweets about Bitcoin a lot. And he said, you know, some of the institutional people that are trying to get in, the big money, are pissed because there's just no, no, no supply out there. So let's say you want to buy 1,000 Bitcoin and start trading it or start using it as a, an investment. People like me aren't selling it. For every, you know, if you want to buy some, you need to find a seller, right? I mean, you can't just, it doesn't materialize in thin air. You have to actually have somebody sell it to you. And the reason it's getting shot up is because there's just not a huge supply of sellers. This thing is going up so much, everyone's like, oh, I'm just going to hold on to it for a little while, see where it goes. So if you want right. to buy some, you're going to have to get it to somebody who's trading it, you know, who wants to pony up and cash out. But fewer and fewer people want to cash out. So when there's people getting in, you know, yeah, there's always somebody selling it. But at a certain point, more people getting in are just going to keep pushing up the price. Yeah, no, that is interesting. Yeah. And I like how it's a, what, it's a, it's a finite amount, too. You know, where our government can just, you know, can right. print money whenever. This has an end date. Yeah, it, it only can have 21 million Bitcoin in circulation, and some of them have been lost. I lost, foolishly, lost uh, $20 worth trying to do this thing with this offline razor. I mean, offline, not razor, offline storage wallet. Ah, I'm so I'm beside myself. That's well, I read, I read a story about someone who, who got way in on the ground floor and was mining, and long story short, he had it on some hard drive that, that ended up in the bottom of like a waste dump, and it's like... <laughs> Probably has $70 million worth, and he knows uh -huh. it. He can look at where it is, but just like the environmental hazard and the amount of money it takes to, and the, <laughs> the likelihood that it's destroyed underneath so much is just like, it, it, they're probably not even going to search for it. But can you imagine? Oh, uh, 70 mil. It's a, it's a yeah. pot of gold. It's a treasure chest. You know what I mean? Exactly. It, really is, it really is. And there's going to be more of those, like people whose house, oh, shit, where's the, where's yeah. the storage of the Bitcoin? Where did I put it? And like, or where's the seed? Like, you got to get the seed is like a, a series of words. Like 20 words that you have to put in a certain order to unlock uh, the Bitcoin. You can you can generate your your Bitcoin from your seed, and you got to hide that somewhere or put it somewhere. And there's going to be so many situations where there's like tens or hundreds of millions of dollars on you know that you need this piece of paper to access, and you can't find the piece of paper. So it's that's a whole other thing, and it's a crazy situation. But but what you said about the the printing money is is really significant because if you think about what happened in the financial crisis, 2008. You know, the, the economy collapses and they decide to bail out the banks and they do it by printing all this money. And what happens when you put more money in circulation is obvious. It's inflation, right? But they, they feel like they got away with it because there hasn't been like, like going out to dinner isn't that much more than it was 10 years ago. But they're not counting education, healthcare, and then asset inflation. Stocks and real estate have gone crazy since 2008. I mean, stocks are like so ridiculously inflated, you know, compared to dollars. And what that did basically is it means... Because they printed all this money, if you're making a wage, if you work at a restaurant and you get tips and you're making, you know, 40 grand a year, 50 grand a year, like, you can't even come close to buying a house now, right? Like, it's just out of reach because the houses got so inflated. And so what they did was you got paid, you still get paid roughly the same amount. Maybe you get a dollar or two more than you used to per hour. But relative to the cost of a house or investments or healthcare, that money is worth quite a bit less. And the only reason like cell phones and TVs are not more expensive is because technology made them cheaper, but they stay the same price. They should be way cheaper, but because of inflation, they're the same price. And we don't notice that they're actually way more expensive because technology offset that. And so basically what they did was in 2008, without anyone really realizing it, is they took all this money from people who work for a living, work for a wage, and they gave it to people with assets, things that appreciated like houses and stocks. They basically stole from one class of people and gave it to the other class of people. It's like, oh, the 1% have all the gains. Well, why do you think they have all the gains? Because this, uh, this, this, this inflation of overprinting the money went all into assets. And anyone who had assets got much richer, and anyone who got paid a wage got much poorer. So they, they, someone, I can't remember who, called it the biggest theft in human history. They basically stole trillions of dollars from one class of people and gave it to another class. And nobody even noticed because it's not like they went in and broke into your house. It's just like the money you make is worth less relative to things that people own. And, it's, and, and, and that's the kind of shit that is always abused by every fiat currency printing government, right. and including the U.S. I mean, it's way worse than like Venezuela. I mean, that shit just is worthless or Nigeria or places like that. So uh, it's, uh, it, it's big, man. This thing is really big, and I'm, I can't believe how much it's going up in price. Yeah, and who knows? It could just be the absolute beginning. It's uh, it's tough to 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 really predict what's going to happen, but it's it's definitely fascinating. And I right. I should quit talking about it and get in a little here. Well, you, everyone should get in for a hundred or two hundred bucks or five, you know, whatever you can afford, just because right. get on the ride. I mean, it's worth it's worth the entertainment. 
But in terms of like this being an investment podcast, no one fucking knows what's actually going to happen. I'm enthusiastic about it. I think people should put like 1% of their net worth in it, a couple percent. Anything more than that, you can if you research, but I think you should put a little bit in, enjoy the ride for a while, read up on it, and then, you know, if you're convinced for yourself, then you can, uh, you know, put some real money in it. All right, man. Let's talk some, uh, what, week 14, huh? Week 14, man. All right, well, let's keep this streak going. What do we got? Thursday night game, uh, New Orleans at Atlanta. Who, uh, what, what do you got? What do you spread here? New Orleans minus one? That's what I got. New Orleans minus one at Falcons. I mean, I like the short week home team. I think the price is right here. Saints are better, but minus one on the road is, I think a pick em or plus two or something would be more appropriate with the short week especially. So give me the Falcons. Yeah, I took the Saints, but this is a kind of a toss-up for me. It's a spreads right. It seems like about a pick of New Orleans a little better, but they're on the road in the short week. As you said, this is going to be a fun game for DFS if you, if you played the Monday-Thursday Slater, if you can roll it over, because there's going to be a lot, a lot of points on the board here, 52-and-a-half. You over-under. Um, I took the Saints, but this is definitely a stay away for me, although it's prime time, so I'm sure my degenerate self will, of course. will, will bet on it for some reason. But, um, but yeah, this was, this was the right line. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not huge on this. I, I like the Falcons, but I think the Saints are the better team. Oh, I've got to add one more thing. Sorry to do this in, after we've already gone over one game. But today uh, during the XM show, there were these awards being given out by the FSTA. And, and Jeff Ratcliffe, who hosts um, the Pro Football Focus show ahead of us, got nominated for one of the FSTA awards. And some guy tweeted him and me and said, congratulations, Jeff. Love your stuff. If there's anyone who should be nominated for worst host it's chris liss so i see that and he says some something he you know he's caused more people to turn the channel than any host on the channel so i retweeted that and then he wrote something like i'm sure he loves the attention this guy i was done for me when you said portugal blah 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 i don't care i'm going to talk about portugal even if you guys don't care about it i'm going to talk about it anyway you're an arrogant bastard you don't care about us and, and I'm never going to mention your name again. So I retweeted that just because sort of like, okay, this guy's, he's real <laughs> exercised about this. I thought it was kind of funny. And then uh, in the, I was kind of laughing. And then in the break, Ivy and Jeff were like, what, what are you laughing about? And I said, this dude, and I tried to explain it. And I went to check and he had blocked me. He had blocked me. So I couldn't show them the tweets <laughs> that he had sent. But what's so funny is like, I didn't even say, normally I'm like, I say something mean to them or I try to embarrass them. I quote what they're saying and I mocked them. I didn't even right. do that. I mean, I, all I did was retweet the things that he published and made them more, expose them to a bigger audience. And then he was so pissed, he blocked me. It's just so That's funny. Cool. Like, anyway, I just. And then, and then, uh, I don't know if it's ironic, but uh, you, you're nominated for something too, right? That shit is such, I mean, look, I'm happy to win. It's good marketing, good promotion. But like, this podcast was nominated. This is, this is the FSWA that this podcast was nominated yeah. for. Yeah. But and I used to submit a lot of stuff. I may submit stuff. I don't know. I'm kind of lazy and I'm kind of sick of it. But I used to submit stuff for a lot of people for RotoWire. And, you know, we get a lot of awards and it's good marketing for us. But, like, I would submit, like, some really good shit that people wrote. And I'd be like, this is going to win, you know. And then I'd just submit some other shit just because Pete was like, just put everything in there. And the shit that won for us was, like, the shitty stuff that wasn't even good. And I'd be like, what the fuck? Like, how is that possible? How could they... How could they overlook the good stuff I was I was submitting and then award this other stuff? And you know, I, I think they're I think it's like on on the level. You know, I don't think anyone's cheating or getting right. money on the side to like favor one side over there. If anything, it would be favoring us because we had so many awards. And by the way, I think everybody on XM got nominated, auto nominated, just by being a host on XM. I don't even think it took any. There was I don't think there's any merit to it because I, I I think all the hosts got nominated. So yeah. It's great to win awards. You're nominated for whatever the Razzie version of the uh, the, um, the the TV. I mean, the the radio host. I, I love this guy. So I want to start following him. I don't know who he is. I would tell you, but I don't know. I, he blocked me permanently just for retweeting him. You know, this podcast was nominated twice, and you weren't even included in the nomination. I guess when I submitted it, I forgot to add that you were also on it. So like, they just they just made me the nominee. So that was a little unfair. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah, well, I remember. It was funny. <laughs> par for the course. Yeah. It's par for the course. Yeah. But anyway. Um, I just booked that trip uh, yesterday, by the way, FSTA. Are you going to be there? No. I, you know, I'm, Heather insisted on bringing Sasha back to L.A. for Thanksgiving. 
Uh, and okay. part of the right. reason why... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you were by yourself. I remember. No, but I'm not I'm talking about that. The problem was that part of the thing was her mom's coming out here in February. So mm-hmm. I think she wanted to space out, you know, November to February, like so she wouldn't go more than a couple of months without seeing Sasha. Because I was like, just let's go in January. If you want to go see your mom, I'll go back to L.A. with you and go to the conference. Yeah. But I didn't want to go during football. Plus, it would be after football. So I was just busy during football. And after football, I'm not as busy. So I could easily make that trip. I could even take some vacation. So it's kind of like, you know, I don't want to go now. And anyway, it's such a fucking pain in the ass to go all the way to L.A. But it kind of sucks. Like, I'd, if I were living in my house, it'd be chill. I'd, like, have people over. We'd have, like, a party yeah, there or something. Yeah, over there. Yeah, it'd be fun, you know. And so you've been you've been to my house. So anyway, I'm not going. You're going to that shit. Yeah, I just booked yesterday. Like I said, yeah, I'll be there three nights, four days. So yeah, too bad you you won't be there. Yeah, it'd be fun. And LA, I could show people around. I know places to go. Not that I actually know it. Now that I've got a kid and stuff, I'm not like I don't know the places. But Heather knows some places. It's too bad. By the way, we don't care about awards, but we do care about people listening to the podcast. So. If you like this podcast, go to iTunes, rate it, give it five stars if you think that. If you don't, don't rate it. If you truly hate it and want to hate rate it, I can't stop you, but I prefer if you don't. It's the Real Man Wood podcast on iTunes. And uh, also, if you uh, like this podcast and like fantasy sports and want to read the articles, rotowire.com slash pod. It is a free 10-day trial. You do not need a credit card. It's not some bait-and-switch bullshit where we... Say you have a free trial, then you try to cancel and you're on hold for 30 minutes and you're like, ah, fuck, I'll just pay. No, it's not like that. You literally get free day, 10 days. We don't have any way of billing you because we don't have your info. After 10 days, you'll log in and you won't be able to get in to see everything. And then you'll have a choice. You either subscribe and pay or you don't and we go away. So that's it. Rotowire.com slash pod. Would you recommend it? Do you think this is a good website to subscribe to? I do. Um, I'm not just saying that biased. Yeah, I, uh, I use the tools even, not just the the columns and a lot of content, but you really do have a lot of, uh, of interesting tools. Like I even told you about, I love the ability to go from one game to another in players' box scores, and it, it just does it for you. This random eight-game sample, you know, in the middle of, you know, September or something for a baseball player quickly adds it all up, saves a lot of time. So, I, I, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of cool tools in RotoWire. Yeah, so that, uh, here you have it. You have a tool. Recommending our tools. So it's, mm-hmm. it's perfect. All right. Rotowire.com. Take it all pod. back. <laughs> it's a thankless job to co-host this podcast. All right. Uh, let's get back to the games. Now that we had a little digression. All right. Lions plus two. I made this line up because with Stafford's uncertainty, I don't know what it is. I actually saw somewhere it was Lions minus one. But I thought plus two made sense. I think with uh, Jake Ruddick or whatever his name is, it would be like plus four and a half. Something like mm-hmm. that. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe I think six? I, I mean, it would be pretty... a, lot of, a lot of ramifications here, especially like in DFS in this game. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, terrible Tampa Bay secondary. You love Marvin Jones and, and Tate. Um, and, and then even, even Riddick could be interesting if Abdullah remains out. And who knows the backfield situation in Tampa Bay. I know they're not two real high-scoring teams, but those are a lot of, uh, a lot of things, not just DFS, entering your fantasy playoffs. So this could be massive. Peyton Barber looked good last week. Uh, so... Follow that injury report. I have no idea. I'm guessing the the Stafford plays and the the spreads around to pick them. Um, I, I I didn't know what to do either, but I just took Tampa Bay as the home dog. But I'll be curious to see what this line becomes official as. Yeah, I made it plus two. I made up the line. I took Tampa also. I, I don't think Stafford's going to play. Uh, I don't. I have a no, feeling yeah. because Jim Caldwell. We had Stefani Bell on uh, the radio show, and she said that Jim Caldwell never gives out in, injury info. He's like a real douchebag about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, those weren't her words, but I read in between the lines, and. Uh, he said Stafford's not out of the woods yet. And just to say anything for him is unusual. And he got his hand stepped on and, like, had really bad bruising. And, like, you think about it, like a 300-pound dude stepping on your, the muscles in your hand in the wrong way, and then you have to throw a ball with that hand? That doesn't sound like something you're going to be able to do in a week. Yeah. No, not at all. All right. Bears plus six at Bengals. Who'd you take here? Uh, we're kind of went back and forth on this one. The Bengals are just so banged up defensively, but I love the setup uh, for them. But uh, I laid the points. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't like this game either at all whatsoever, but I laid the six points and took Cincy, even though it's a short week for them. I did too. Uh, I didn't love it either. Uh, I think Perfect could play. I mean, he got a concussion. A lot of times guys come back uh, by the end of the week. 
We'll see what happens. I think George Iloka, Jeff said, might come back. So they were really short of linebackers. And obviously Jordan Howard is a decent play. But, I mean, the Bears cannot throw a forward pass. And no. the Bengals' defense is decent. And the Bengals' offense isn't good. But they, they're at least, you know, they're starting to run block a little bit, whether it's Geo or Mixon. And, uh, you know, they, they at least can throw the ball. Yeah, the guy you mentioned, Georgie Loka, his suspension was re- rescinded. So he's, oh, he's that's playing. That's what it is. That's what it is, right. Colts plus six at Bills. Again, I made up this line because we don't know about Tyrod Taylor's status. Um, I think it's actually even less where I saw it in one place after I posted this at Colts plus four. But either way, I took the Bills. It's going to be cold. If Taylor plays, I, I actually would consider the Bills in Survivor if Taylor plays. Yeah. If he doesn't play, it's a little dicier. But I still, I still like the Bills to win comfortably. Yeah, I'm with you. If this is under seven, uh, definitely like Buffalo. Like LaShawn McCoy and DFS, big home road splits. Um, probably create some turnovers. Obviously, Brissett's been struggling. So, yeah, I, I took Buffalo as well. Raiders plus four at Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs are easy money, man. I mean, when, when we saw that line that was plus 10 with Buffalo, and I was like, wow, they must be assuming Peterman's playing. And then Tyrod Taylor was playing, obviously, because they couldn't start Peterman after that disaster. Yeah. And the line didn't move, and the Bills beat him outright in Kansas City. And then last week is the same thing. This is why, like, with this bet with, that, you know, with Rufus's odds and this guy Bill, this bet I made is maybe they'll just recapture the early season glory at some point and get Kareem Hunt going. But, I mean, last week, the same thing. It was like they're laying wood in New York, and they couldn't stop the Jets at all. And now, why is this line not three? Why are the Chiefs better than the Raiders? The Raiders suck, but they're not, you know, they're not really a league doormat. So give me the four points. Yeah, I, I totally understand what you're saying. And Marcus Peters is suspended too, I believe. But who knows if Cooper will play and the Raiders are so bad on both sides of the ball. I, I actually did side with KC and I think they do bounce back and get it together. But it's hard to argue that this spread shouldn't just be the three. These do seem like fairly even teams. And KC, what, they are started out 5-0 and and they're now 6-6. Six and six. So obviously they've been one of the worst teams over the second half of the season. So I, I understand, but I'm betting on a bounce back here. And I think the Chiefs do... Uh, I think Hunt does have a, a finally has a decent game. Yeah, Kareem Hunt would be a good DFS start, right? Because the matchup's great. You just don't trust Andy Reid to get him the work. And, and the price is lower than it's been in weeks, and his ownership will be low because people are officially finally fed up with him. Yeah, I think I would use him too. I think that's a good that's a good call. Vikings minus three at Panthers. I actually thought it was plus three when I originally wrote up the column, so I screwed it up. But since I made the score Vikings 20 to 19, I was obligated to switch to the Panthers once I realized the line was wrong, right? You can't, the score is the score. <laughs> right. No matter what right. you think the line is, you make a final score, you got to then pick the team that the final score says covers. So the final score that I have 20 to 19 Vikings as three point underdogs does not make them cover as three point favorites. So I took the Panthers. I know that's a ridiculous way of looking at it, but you can't post the score and then post a different score just because you misread the line. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Actually, I don't, I don't yeah, I think it's, uh, it's perfectly sane. But I, I went with the Vikings. I, I see it at two and a half in some places. Uh, maybe that's the sucker side. Uh, Carolina, decent defense and all. But uh, Vikings have just been so good, and they've just been the better team. And I, I'm, in, I'm buying in Keenum. They have more playmakers on offense. So I, I took the Vikings, but that's not one I feel strongly about. Yeah, it's different on the road against a good defense. The Vikings are a good team, no doubt. Um, it really depends how Cam plays. I, I feel like he's so erratic that when good Cam shows up, they can hang with anybody. And when bad Cam yeah. shows up, they're a below-average team. Yeah. Boy, they have the best, the quietest best record in the league, though. I mean, I don't think many people would ex- – what, 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 are, what, are, what are they right now, like 8-3 and three or something? The Vikings? No, the Carolina. They're like 8-4. and four. Yeah, eight and four. That, that's yeah. They don't feel like an eight and four team if that yeah. means anything. The Vikings are ten and two though. Right. Oh no, though they're yeah. No, they're they're good. I, I think they're going to go in and win. Man, that defense is really good, especially against the run. That's what Carolina tried to do. Cam will commit a couple turnovers. So I, I'm I I I believe in in the Vikings and that coaching staff. Well, I picked the Vikings to win. I just didn't pick them to cover. Right. right. All right. Packers minus three and a half at the Browns. Uh, I just I just love Josh Gordon and you know Casey Hayward after the game said that between, he and Odell Beckham were the two toughest receivers he's covered this year, and Casey Hayward may be the best corner in the NFL so far. I just think the Packers laying three and a half on the road is crazy. At best, this should be a pick em. and even I actually think it should be like Packers plus two or something like that. So I would definitely use this one. It's not only Josh Gordon that's back. It's also Corey Coleman. I mean, Corey yeah. Coleman has been good most of the games he's played. The only reason he wasn't good last week is because they were throwing the ball to Gordon every play. And I got a question for you after this, but who are you taking? 
Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously Kaiser turns the ball over so much, but I'm with you on the Browns. And I actually, <laughs> Gordon became just a second receiver all year to get, uh, what, 85 receiving yards uh, against the San Diego, I'm sorry, the LA secondary. You said Hayward. So that's crazy. I mean, that's a tough matchup, bad quarterback. Hadn't played since 2014 or whatever. So I actually rank him number 10 on my wide receiver board this week. Love the matchup. Love him. Uh, DFS season long, even I know it's risky, fancy playoffs and all that. Think he's going to have a big game, and let's use the Browns in the Super Contest. Okay, done. Here's the question I have for you. Okay. And I know you're going to nutless monkey this shit, but it doesn't matter. So I picked up Kaiser in the NFFC playoffs because I knew Gordon was coming back, and I was like, if Gordon's the real deal, like if Gordon is a top five NFL receiver, which he may well be, then you got Kaiser who runs, and he's got Coleman, and he's got Gordon, and then Njoku looks like a legit tight end. (laughs) <laughs> and you got Duke Johnson, who's like a good pass-catching running back. I know they haven't used him that much lately. And they have a terrible defense. So it kind of sets up that Kaiser could be a monster in the playoffs. Who cares if he has two interceptions? He can get two passing touchdowns, 250 passing yards, 50 yards rushing, and a rushing touchdown. I mean, he could be putting up Russell Wilson numbers. And so, th- so I picked him up. Gordon looks like the real deal. We don't know if he's top five or top 20, but he looks like the real yeah. deal. And I'm thinking, you know, I've got my other quarterbacks on the roster are Jared Goff and Tyrod Taylor. I'm not going to mess with Taylor even if he's healthy with a good matchup because it's just it's too iffy. Mm-hmm. But I have Goff in there now against the Eagles, but the Eagles are pretty tough. And, you know, uh, Robert Woods, I'm not really sure if he's back, if he's not back. Is it crazy to start Kaiser? It, this is for all the marvels. Like, my team's really good. I'll tell you my team in a second, but would you start Goff? Or would you just would you not even consider Kaiser? Or would this be a dilemma for you? I get what you're saying, and sometimes interceptions help your fantasy quarterback because it's short field and they have to get the ball back sooner and have to throw more being behind. But um, I, I totally understand what you're saying. But no, I, I actually have Goff as a borderline top five guy this week. I know Eagles defense, especially secondary, has played a lot better of late. But that's still what over under nearly 50 points. I expect a shootout. I like yeah, the, the Vegas. That Vegas Eagles is so really shut down the run though. Yeah. And Goff has these weapons, even without Robert Woods, whatever, Watkins and, and Cup. Uh, I think I think that could turn into a, an absolute shootout in a good environment. You know, no weather shouldn't be an issue. So I definitely give me Goff over Kaiser. But uh, I, I do appreciate the sentiment. All right. You know, the thing, too, is that it's six points per passing touchdown. So the running touchdowns aren't even quite as valuable as they would yeah. be. So yeah. That, that changes. Let me just tell you who's on my team. Let me just boast for a minute. You guys can fast forward through this part. So I've got, you know, those are my quarterbacks. That's my weakest thing is, is golf. It's my best quarterback. But I've got my running backs are Todd Gurley and Alvin Kamara in a full PPR. And then I've got A.J. Green, Brandon Cooks, and Golden Tate, although I'm a little worried about the Stafford situation. And then my tight ends are Jimmy Graham and Hunter Henry. My defenses are the Chargers and Panthers. I rotate them. I had to drop some defenses to stock up on other positions for the three-game playoff. And then my kicker is Goskowski. Pretty good. So, are you? What, what about overall? Where are you? I was twenty third overall. Nice. Right? And oh, so, like, nice. it it doesn't really matter, you know, as long as you're in the top hundred. Like, you just out, you know, just you know how it works, right? You get three. They take your four, weeks fourteen through sixteen. Yep. Total, and then they add your average for the year. So my average will be near the top. Mm-hmm. So that gives me a head start, but it doesn't really. I mean, you still have to have really good weeks. So. Yeah. That's uh, that's the situation. I, I really I could really use this hundred hundred grand. Yeah, go go with golf. Don't get too cute. Okay. All right. I was probably going to go. I have him in there, but I just want to. I always want to think outside the box. The other benefit to going Kaiser, which again I'm probably not going to do, is that if nobody has him going, which they won't, right. <laughs> and yeah. he goes ridiculous. You know, if he throws like four touchdowns and four hundred yards, and you know has like an Alex Smith day last week, which is totally possible. Then nobody gets that, you know. Then then you got a right. leg up on the like. There's definitely people using golf in that contest. You got there with golf, right? For sure. All right. So anyway, it's I'm not going to, but it was a thought. All right. Uh, so we're taking the Browns, Niners plus three at Texans. This is such a crazy thing. If if what's his name, C.J. Beathard, were the quarterback still, this would be six and a half, <laughs> right? Yeah, but come on, Jimmy G. Seven, is, maybe seven, maybe maybe seven in in Houston. Yeah, he should be worth at least four points with three professional starts under his career. Come on, that's a that's a that's a underestimating his talents, if anything. But yeah, I uh, uh, I mean, I'm going to push for the Niners again, though. He, having said that, I do think there is that big of a difference. Uh, Houston can't; uh, their defense t- 
totally beatable against the pass. They have the worst, you know, awful quarterback situation. 49ers quietly also have gotten healthier on the defensive side. It like really wasn't a shock that they shut down Howard. They're getting healthier on that side. Obviously not a great team, but a, a good system with Garoppolo more than competent. I think they're going to go into Houston and, and pull off their second straight upset on the road. I took them too. I have Niners winning 24-23, so if you want to use it, you can. It wasn't one of my top bets. I thought it was a little crazy, but uh, I, I'm a believer in Garoppolo. All right, yeah, we're, yeah I, I want to go to bat for that one. Okay, no problem. And by the way, just we might have to take the Texans, though, as a matter of principle. We've got to think about this because it, it, it was so successful, that strategy, two weeks ago. Okay, All right. Cowboys minus 4.5 at the Giants. I mean, I took the Giants. I, I could see the Cowboys rolling, but... I think there'll be something to, you know, McAdoo being fired. They'll finally be free of that moron. That that's going to feel good. I also think Eli, even though he sucks, there'll be this emotional pull for him. Like, oh, Eli, you were treated wrong. Let's go. Let's go. You know, do the righteous thing and go out and win a game for you. You know, show that you're really the better guy and you should never have been benched. So I kind of hope they get destroyed and Eli throws four <laughs> picks. I really kind of do because it's such a fucking joke. This whole saga, but but I took the Giants. Yeah, I hope Shepard plays for DFS purposes if, if for the only reason, but he's banged up again. But no, I, I'm with you here. I don't really care about the quarterback situation too much, but it's a lot of points for a team, division team on the road who's not playing that great. And I've been on Dallas, but this was one of the easier ones I just looked at reflexively, you know, just like, yes, take the home dog. Right. This line should have been three, not four and a half. And you got your, your McAdoo bounce, too. You, I just out of principle, you, out of principle, maybe you should take the Giants, actually. Well, no, I did take the Giants. I but I mean, I mean, we should use them. I mean, you I mean, shouldn't that that you say Garoppolo's worth three, four points? How much is uh, just you know addition by subtraction with the Giants' coaching situation? Yeah, McAdoo's like negative seven and a half. So you know, <laughs> right. if you think this long, but I think the Cowboys should be favored by twelve. So they should know that. I could see it, but I could also see it just floundering. I mean, Janoris Jenkins is out. Sean yeah. Lee is back. Yeah. You know, I think is Mike Sullivan still there? I think he's still there calling the shitty plays that they call. I mean, it's not a good team. Yeah. And Dallas is, you know, they got to six and six. Dez got involved. Like they're back a little bit peripherally in the hunt. So, and Dallas is going to win this game. It's just a question of by how much. Right. Okay. Fair enough. What's next? Redskins plus six at chargers. I took the Redskins. I I think the Redskins are pretty good. The chargers are very good, but they're so self-destructive and so stupid that I just think it's going to be a tough game. I don't think they win easily. Yeah, definitely. Like, I always remain skeptical of the Chargers when they're giving too many points. Um, I, I love their upside, but they always mess up. And Washington's definitely the you know They went into Seattle and won. So they're, they're a, a, a frisky team, although with that banged-up offensive line, could just be a total disaster against that, pass, against that pass rush. But I'm with you, and I took Washington in the points. All right. Jets minus one at Broncos. Look, man, I, the Jets are a great story. The Broncos are terrible. Simeon's horrible. I think he's devolved. He's not even a simian anymore. He should be like called something lower, you know, some sort of oceanic mammal before they've even, you know, before they even made it to the land. But I'm still going to take the Broncos at home because I think it's just too much to be the Jets laying points in the altitude on the road. Yep, I'm with you. I hate Broncos. I just keep losing week in, week out, so might as well do another one. But uh, I'm with you. I took Denver at home. All right. Titans minus three at Cardinals. I don't feel this is great. The Titans have cheaped out a couple of covers the last two weeks. It's annoyed the shit out of me. Like, I had the Texans last week. But I still took the Cardinals at home. It's just, I think this should be a pick em, not minus three. Um, yeah, I would be willing to, I'd be willing to use this one. Tennessee's not good. They're just really not good at all. And Mariota just turns the ball over like crazy, especially on the road. Arizona's obviously nothing special. But Gabbert's been mildly okay, and the defense remains okay. I, I don't know. I kind of like Arizona as a sneaky, cheap DFS play, and I would use them in the contest. I think they easily could win this outright. Yeah, I have them winning it in my predicted score. All right, we'll think about it. I, there's something a little too easy about this that makes me nervous. I guess. Cardinals home dog, I don't think that's going to be, when you know. When Stope is making the team it's his best bet, it makes me nervous. Oh, uh, okay. All right. I, I hear you. So you get what I'm saying. All right, Seattle plus three at the Jaguars. I was actually set to take the Jaguars, but uh, they moved this game from early to late. I don't know if Seattle has somebody on the payroll, but they moved this to an afternoon game. And I guess it's because it's a good game that people want to see, but that really helps the West Coast team, in my opinion, especially Seattle that's had a couple games where they went into Carolina in the playoffs and they went into uh, Atlanta in the playoffs a couple years, and they just weren't ready till like, the third quarter. And I, I know right. this is just kind of anecdotal 
you know, speculation. But I, I just when they when I saw that, that was an afternoon game, it kind of changed my opinion. I took the Seahawks. Yeah, um, that's interesting that you brought that up. I didn't factor that in too much. I didn't think Seattle's defense remains strong, and they just might overwhelm this. I mean, Jacksonville likes to run the ball. That's it's not a great setup for them. So I expect a low-scoring, close game. So I, I took the points here. 2019 Seattle is my score. Yep, All right. right. Eagles plus two at Rams. I, I just think the Eagles are better. Like, the Rams are a good team. The Eagles are a very good team. And I get it that they're not getting the full three because the book, the market is acknowledging that. But I don't think that one point, even though it is obviously a huge number, three to two, properly accounts for that. I think this should have been a pick em, And I'm taking Eagles 27-24. I, I took the Rams uh, at home. I'm a believer in them. And it's the second straight game that the week that the Eagles have to play far west coast. I don't know if that means anything but this is just a game of the week this should be fun game high scoring like i said i do think it will be a shootout so i'm looking forward to it definitely would stay away because i could see either way eagles very very legit maybe they bounce back after an ugly loss in prime time so by the way just how uh, that seahawks bet i mean this isn't just hindsight but come on i mean i called it my bet of the year that was just too too obvious why, why were the eagles giving six and a half in seattle in prime time that was crazy it was, it was crazy i mean there were some ticky tack calls and russell wilson threw a backwards lateral and uh, there were a couple things that were a little off about that game, but yeah, it should have been like a close game. But no way should the should the Eagles be laying that kind of wood in Seattle. That was that was ridiculous. That was just like saying this is the greatest team in the last five years or something, you know? Yeah, Which exactly. they're good, but you can't price them like that. Right, right. Anyway, I took the Rams on this one, but like I said, I don't feel strongly. So what what's next? Ravens plus five and a half at Steelers. I first was going to take the Steelers because the Steelers are better at home, and so are the Ravens, and the Ravens are not as good on the road. And they lost Jimmy Smith. And I thought, okay, Pittsburgh, Ben will have a good game. He'll, he'll light him up. But the Ravens' backup corners are actually pretty good. And I just had this feeling when I was writing up the, this game for the Steelers, I just had a bad feeling about it. I just thought, you know what? The Ravens, you know, Flacco had a credible game last week. He finally looked like a regular quarterback. They've clawed their way to where they are. I don't think against this rival, in this rivalry that they're going to go out soft. I think this is going to be a tough game. It's a big enough line, five and a half. I took the Ravens. I could see it, but I took Pittsburgh. I know no juju, but man, this this Ravens team, their defensive numbers on the season are, are very strong, but you said they lost Jimmy Smith, and I believe five of the 12 teams they played consisted of backup quarterbacks, and Pittsburgh's a different animal at home, so I went with them. Uh, just basically, I think the Ravens' offense is so bad, they just might set up Pittsburgh um, so, you know, on the offensive side, but um, I could see this being a low-scoring game, and I wouldn't be shocked if they kept it within a field goal, but, but give me Pittsburgh. All right, last game, Patriots minus 11 at the Dolphins. I did something very crazy. I made the Dolphins fading the Patriots my best bet because there's no Gronk, and 11 on the road is just massive, and the Dolphins kicked that onside kick up 35-9, to nine, and I just feel like they're pissed off. They're, they, you know, they're just, they have a little bit of an edge to them. They actually played the Patriots reasonably tough the first time around. They lost 33-17 or something. But it was, no, worse than that, but not much worse. Like, it was, they barely didn't cover in New England. And I just think this is going to be a tough game for New England. It's one of those games where, you know, let's say the Patriots go 13-3 and at the end of the year. This is one of their losses. You know, this is one of those games where they just drop one to a division rival because it's Monday night without Gronk and whatever. Um, I'm not predicting them to lose, but I'm taking the Dolphins with the points. And do you make anything of, you know, just historically how much Brady and New England have at times struggled in Miami, even though there's what, 85% different personnel than the past few years or whatever? Yeah, they've had tough games against the Dolphins, and it might be because of the venue. Who knows? There may be not, it may just be random. Um, but, yeah, it just, it just seems to me like if the Patriots, we pencil them in for 13-3, and three, number one seed, and they lose a few games, they already lost to the uh, Chiefs. And who else did they lose to, the Patriots? Do you remember? Uh, was it Carolina? Carolina, yeah. And then... You know, maybe they lose to the Dolphins. You know, I mean, they're going to lose to somebody, and it's not always, you know, the best team they play, right? I mean, when, when teams go, the best team in the league loses a handful of games every year, and sometimes to a shitty team, one of them. And I just feel like the Dolphins are going to be up for this. They're going to be kind of fired up from their win over the Broncos, and they're going to show up at home. And it's Patriots a win, but it's it's not going to be easy. Yeah, it was uh, it was Carolina, another one at home. I know they've won like 15 straight road games. Um, yeah, no Gronk. I took New England. That might just be a knee-jerk reaction because I faded them last week. And every time you, you bet against New England, you just feel extra dumb. 
So I took them, but I, I hear your argument. And your best bet, does that mean you want to go to bat for them in the Super Contest? Yeah, I'll go to bat for them. Okay, Dolphins it is. Okay. All right, so we got Dolphins. Browns. Browns, 49ers. Those are the three we yeah. have for sure. Yeah, right. And I, I kind of like the Cardinals personally. Yeah. All right, go ahead. I mean, I took them. I took them to win outright. It's just, it just seems like a bit of a nutless monkey, obvious home dog bet, but go ahead. Okay, then you got to come. Then if I'm pushing that one, then you got to go to bat for one here. Don't, don't be a coward. Don't be a nutless monkey. I won't be a nutless monkey. I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure one out. I'm looking at this slate right now. And I'm gonna pick a game because we got to go five and zero. Because this is even though it doesn't really matter, but we're gonna go five and zero. Well, there's like a bonus at the the, the last few weeks or something. The last like, three uh, weeks, but we're not. We're we're you know in the fourth to last week, so this doesn't really right. matter. But it does matter to me personally. To go five and zero again, I would feel good about that. Sure. I'm looking at this. I'll take the Seahawks. Oh, okay. I actually like oh, Okay. I can't give you two out of a time because I kind of like that one too. All, All right. right. Works for – okay. Browns, Dolphins, Niners, Cardinals, and Seahawks. Let's do it. Let's get it done. I'm a little nervous. I actually felt wrong saying the Seahawks though. I'm re- I really pay attention to my uh, visceral reaction to saying something like it sounded like it was bullshit. So, right, just like opposite. When, when the Rams just kind of came to you. This I, just, is I was talking about it, and I was like, I did this, and I was saying, what I'm saying right now is bullshit. I don't, <laughs> you know, if I'm saying something that's bullshit, it, it, it just feels wrong. So I'm going to scrap the Se- Seahawks. Uh, I really don't like the Giants. I think the Giants could just get crushed again because Eli's whatever. I, there, there's like, there's, you know, there's both sides of it. You know, maybe they'll be inspired, but Eli's a worthless sack. I don't love any of these other games though i'm looking at it i guess hmm. Bengals? Bengals? No, no i don't love them at all don't love them at all i, I would take the raiders too. i would take the raiders give me the raiders the other thing with jacksonville is that might be down to two and a half too that could be crucial too so um let's, all right, do, you're, let's you, do the raiders instead of the seahawks all right that one i don't like so I you're, you're yeah, going i feel better about it. if you don't like it i feel a lot better about it let's do raiders right. so let's right. go again let's go. recap Okay, we got the Browns. Yep. Getting hopefully three, what, should be three and a half. I hope so. And then we got the uh, Dolphins. Niners. The 49ers, the Cardinals, and the Raiders. And the Raiders. All right. In KC, in Arrowhead, in the cold. That's going to be a disaster. All right. Okay, man. I feel good about it. 10 a.m. body clock game for them. All right. Ugh, they're such a garbage team. All right, man. Take it easy. All right. Later, let's.